This is Terrio Media. Don't wait for appreciation to buy real estate. Buy for cash flow and wait. In other words, hold that house. Your hosts, Matt Andrews and Matt Terrio. Hey there. Flipping houses can make you rich. Holding them will make you wealthy. This is the Hold That House Show. I am Matt Terrio, and over there is Mr. Matt Andrews. Yeah, baby. And before we begin, we've got a free gift for you. A free gift just for you. Go to holdthathouse.com and download the four-hour work month. The Ten Commandments to Managing Property Managers. That's the key ingredient, Matt, the, to financial independence through real estate that they're not telling you about. The, property management. Is that the most boring subject you can possibly Oof. think of? It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, boring. And it's, it's excruciating. If you do it yourself, it's terrible. Right. But the four, <laughs> I did that for a while. Right? I know it. I know it. I know I was, was a 400-hour right work week. 400-hour <laughs> work week, right? So that's why we call it the four-hour work month because that's the key ingredient to making that happen Absolutely. and making that be a reality. And there's no real embellishment there either. And you can get that for free at holdthathouse.com. Holdthathouse.com. All right, Maddie. Here we are. Week number four of our summer vacation, our summer tour through Tampa Bay, Florida. That's right. That's right. It's still hot out there. It's still hot out there. Beautiful, though. A lot of great advantages and nice benefits and perks to living in Florida. But this is there's one element that keeps me in California. June, July, and August, just stay away from the state. I'm telling you right now. Right? Spent most of my life here. Stay away from it. But... You're going to be hard-pressed to find any more beautiful weather in December, January, and February. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be here then. So, yeah, you know, it's just uh, you know, have a summer home elsewhere. Right. Spend the rest of the time here. For sure. <laughs> if I let, if I, how, much, how many months of the year do you have to live in a place to declare that your residence? Is it um, 51% of the time? I'm, I think is it is. Is that enough? Yeah, I think it is. That qualify for Florida's That's what tax of South Florida benefits. is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That would be good. That's what, that's what the entire city of Sarasota is. is <laughs> People living there 51% of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's a, Buying yeah. yachts with the money they save on one year of taxes and stuff. For sure. Because, <laughs> uh, again, if you live in California, that savings would amount Huge. to about a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> a yacht a year. I love it. What are we going to talk about today? Well, this is the Hold That House show. But when do you actually sell? Do you hold it forever? And uh, my quick answer is yes. You want to, sure, yes. absolutely. I mean, the benefits, like we say every single podcast, you build wealth by holding it, right? And so the longer you hold it makes sense, uh, the more you build, and the longer you hold, the more you uh, come into the benefits of things like appreciation, even though we always say that's not what you buy it for, that's just icing on top, but that's how the wealth is created with that mm-hmm. long-term hold. So yeah, I'm with you. Let's hold them forever. Let's hold it. Show's over. All right, thank Next you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the reason I... um I'm a buy and hold investor is, you know, I went through my, my do over and, uh, was in the music business for 15 years. The digital download came and just turned that whole industry upside down. Age 34, I was bagging groceries and I had to recreate my wealth. And I said, this time I'm going to do it so it sticks. And I'm going to go out and learn from people that have been there and done it and made it stick. And if you go to any of the real estate investing clubs, uh, and you just kind of, Look around the room for the, the old salty dog in the room. Maybe it's even the speaker that night that you need to talk to. And when you ask them, if you were to do this all over again, what would you have done differently? I mean, you will always get some variation of, I wish I would have uh, bought more and sold less. Every single one of them. And these are like the 
you know, this is the silver hair people. Right. Or the no hair, no hair people. Or the no hair people, sure, sure. <laughs> no, wait, uh, that's us. Yeah. That's us, yes, right? Oh, but you're right, though. And, and, and when you said the old salty dog, I, I got the picture in my mind of like three or four different clubs I've been to. And I know the guy at each one of those clubs. Yeah. And I know who you're talking about. I think people do, too. Um, yeah, it's so the guys who wished, you know, wished they had never sold anything. And I think back, I've been flipping properties and investing in properties for almost 16 years now. And I wish I wouldn't have sold anything either. Right. Um, now, the reason I did have to sell was because I needed to keep selling to keep buying and I needed to keep doing it because I didn't understand what I understand now about leverage right. and about uh, bringing in partners or about you know just leveraging people or money or whatever. I, did, I just didn't know that back in the mm-hmm. day. Had, had I known that, had I known about owner finance strategies and just different things like that, I probably wouldn't have sold anything. Mm-hmm. You know, And all these properties I bought for... 30 they're all worth 150 now and stuff like that you know i mean right I, yeah i'd like to have every one of those you know right. for sure so how do you do that and how do you make sure you're not missing those opportunities right and, th- and that's a good point i mean that you and i were both emphasize on, on the whole strategy but we've both sold properties we've both yep. sold a lot of properties we'll be back in 30 seconds right after this Do you have doubts about your current plan for retirement actually panning out? Imagine revolutionizing your retirement plan so that it pays you right now and in retirement. Change one thing one time and that revolution can be yours. That's bad news for Wall Street, but great news for you. We're Turnkey Allies and we'd like to offer you free information that will show you how one simple tweak can cause your retirement plan to pay you right now and in retirement and it's yours for free. For the secret your financial planner doesn't want you to know, go to turnkeyallies.com. That's turnkey allies.com what is the reason that we sold then if far if this was actually just eat that just made me think of it um some guy thought he was being really tricky and sent me a facebook message on one of the one of the facebook pages that i have and he says if if buy and hold is the name of the game why do you sell turnkey I was like, you think you're so smart. Like, you just think you got me <laughs> you in the corner. You got me. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Just so all the business. Yeah. <laughs> why do you sell properties then? So that, that's a great question, though. And it might, some people, well, oh, yeah, Matt, well, explain that one. Tell sure. me why. So there are reasons to sell. Sure. Okay. So let's talk about the reasons. You already mentioned one, mm-hmm. ignorance. You didn't right. know any better. Right. Exactly. So that might be a reason to sell. Yep. But let's talk about if you do have the knowledge and you are being strategic about that to continue your, your holding strategy. And... One of the reasons that I sell is it raises capital for me to buy more property. There it is. That's that's a biggie. Yeah, okay, you so, have to determine the highest and best use of your funds or equity or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And if you can parlay that into something bigger and better that does more, why not keep doing that, right? right? Yeah. And, you know, Matt, you and I, we've, we've done this. You've done this probably about twice as long as I have. But we've both gotten very good at finding deals. Absolutely. Finding a good deal is not that big of a Absolutely. deal for us. Yeah, you're, you're better at finding them in more different places because you're in so <laughs> many different markets, you know. I'm in a few. You're in a bunch. Right, yeah, yeah. right. But we can find those deals, and they might not be deals that we necessarily want to hold on to or doesn't fit our profile of our portfolio. Sure. It doesn't mean they're bad properties. No. Not by any means. But because of the way that we can find deals, we can still sell that for a profit to somebody else which is still a deal to them. Right. Because they do something else during the day. Sure. You know, they, they got their own business going on. They got their own family stuff going on. They got their career going on, whatever it may be. So that's one way to reason we sell. Well, and every, and, and every investor's criteria is different. What they need is different. The kind of properties that I primarily bought to buy and hold early on when I started uh, my real estate investing business are not the kind of properties I buy now. You know, now they still generate good cash flow for people that are buying those properties, but I bought a lot of 
real low income properties in certain areas of Tampa because they were easy to get and people didn't know how to manage them and, and I hated managing them, but I knew how to do it. You know, now eventually I figured out, hey, this is not the best use of my time. I'm, I feel like I'm hitting my head up against the wall every time I do this. And so I started getting to a slightly higher grade of properties and kind of found my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So for me, it wasn't even so much like, hey, I'm buying these to make a lot more. The cash flow was really good on those properties, but mm-hmm. the headaches that came with them were detracting from other areas of my business. So right. sometimes, like you said, and like we talked about, it's about finding the highest and best use of that of those funds, of that money, of that equity, and then putting it into something else. Sometimes it's the highest and best use of your time, too. You know, if you're making really, really good money at something, but you hate it and it's pulling and draining your energy, right? There's there's a value loss there, right? And it's hard to tabulate that that loss, right? If mm-hmm. it's money, we look at our bank account. Okay, it was this much, but we can't tabulate the loss of productivity, right? You know that we lose when we're doing the wrong thing. So for me, I had to get out of those properties into something else. And all those properties still exist, and I guarantee. You know, somebody probably owns them pretty well and is, is making pretty good cash flow on it. They may not like managing them either, but they're they're doing okay because they're good. Right. You know, they're good properties. So, um, so many times it's it's about you know what's right for the investor because we all have different goals. You know, those weren't right for me anymore. Right. So yeah, that's a, that's a big piece of it. So certainly, to, so I would say number one is to raise capital. Number two, which you pretty much covered, what is to eliminate headaches. Yeah. Get rid of the problem properties. Absolutely. And I've certainly had those where I was like, I regretted buying this property. And, and sometimes, I, I mean, I, we both have the knowledge and experience to turn a property around. Sure. But now we get to a point where we're so invested in that property, it doesn't make sense to put any more dollars there, throwing the good money after the bad. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So go ahead and uh, just t- cut your losses and, and pass that, those losses on to someone else and let them give it a go. Absolutely. And that's done all the time, and I see it happen all the time. So sure. get rid of the headaches. Um, another reason to sell that I've sold, for, sold in the past is to diversify my portfolio more whether that's into a different property type or into a different market. Absolutely. Uh, I love real estate and uh but you know if you own everything in the lower ninth ward in, in Louisiana you're you're subject to certain types of risks. Yeah. Or if <laughs> you're dealing in, with insurance a lot. Right? If you're in all everything's in Oklahoma you're subject to certain types of risks. Sure. Or if you're in an area that's dependent on one industry like a Detroit, you're subject to certain types of risks. I guess that's kind of gone now, but that's what that that's a vulnerability that market had. I remember back in the um I think it was late 80s. I, I'm in Southern California in the Long Beach Lakewood area. You know, it was very much aerospace centric. And when the aerospace started really downsizing, that just crashed the whole no area. Sure. So those are reasons to, to diversify. Um, yeah, I had friends that were heavily invested around the, uh, you know, the automotive industry in Michigan and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we still know what's going on in Detroit and those kinds of areas. You know, that, that if all you had were rental properties in that area, you took a you hit. took a giant hit, yeah, and I saw that there and saw that in other places. So, you know, for the same reason as you, I diversified. I thought, hey, I'm in Florida, pretty much in a certain area of Florida here. Um, it's been a good market. I think it's going to keep being a good market. But I started really seeing the necessity a few years ago to move into um, West Michigan, not Detroit, but West mm-hmm. Michigan and Ohio and Indiana and some of these other states that I'm investing in now, and right. more recently, you know, like Memphis and. Uh, a couple markets in Alabama and, you know, diversifying. Right. And some of those will do really, really well. And some of those might flatline. And every once in a while, something bad might happen in one of those markets. But I'm in six markets. Right. You know, and you're in what? Uh, ten now. Ten markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So diversifying. Uh, we, we probably should have an entire episode on that at some point. And how, right. how do you diversify and how do you choose how to do that by price or by market? And kind of what are the, what are the you know, delineations there? But, um, but that's huge. And that's definitely been huge in my business for sure. Or she's easy. 
for Sheezy. For Sheezy. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> the other reason that I, the uh, reason I, I would sell a property, and this is probably the, the number, let's see, number one, maybe between raising capital and this one, is I constantly looking at my portfolio and monitoring the, the return on investment, the return on equity. Yeah. And if I can get a certain amount of appreciation in a property, and I can go ahead and sell that for a good profit, and I can go buy two more to increase my return on investment, yep. I will do that. Um, that's one strategy I look at very closely all the time. Sure. Or if you know I, I come across a really hot property, and I don't have the cash disposable liquid at that time to acquire it, I can, I'll go ahead and sell my lowest performing property to pick up this next one up. So, right. You know, I, everything, I don't think I have anything in less than a 20% cash on cash return, awesome. but it didn't start that way. Right. Like 9% was a great return for sure. me when I got started. And I've just great, over great time. Great for most people. Right? Yeah, a Absolutely. lot of people would be very happy with that. And just over time, I've just kind of slowly leapfrogged my lowest one up into the higher one, into the higher one, the higher one. And, and so that's another reason to sell. And I think you make a great point there. And, and you know, everybody who's listening right now and all of us, you know, me and Matt and all of you guys, we're all about building wealth. That's why we're here, right? And so it... Building wealth is, is, Matt just kind of displayed, you know, you kind of just tweak things and make it a little bit better, make it a little bit better. You learn more, you put, you know, you put your time to better use, you learn more, you put your money to better use, and you slowly enhance that portfolio. And that's, that's really part of the fun part, I think. You know, mm-hmm. once, you're, once you own properties, once you have good passive income coming in, then you get to, like you just said, kind of look at that on a monthly basis and kind of look at it like an architect, you know, and it gets to be fun. Like, you know what? This market over here with these 20 properties is, is doing this, and I see that, and that's cool. This one over here is not doing that. Well, that's interesting. You know, you can decide, well, maybe I should sell a couple of those and put it over here, and, and you start to kind of play, mm-hmm. you know, you start to kind of engineer your portfolio and slowly make it better and better. And you can only do that if you're long-term holding property, right? right? So I love that piece about it. And when you have one or two properties, you, you don't quite get it yet, you know, because you can't really do a ton with one or two properties. But once you start to build that portfolio in a real wealth engine, then it's about, you know, engineering that the right way and little tweaks here and there and subtle improvements. And then 10 years later, you've gone from 9% to you, think, you don't think you have one under 20% now. Right. Right. Guys, that's, I know sometimes property management and holding properties is boring, but going from 9 to 20%, that's sexy. Yeah. I'm just going to go out and say it. Yeah. That's straight up sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and when you get those seller finance deals and those returns are infinite returns, those right. are a whole lot of fun. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> it averages out real nice. And you didn't know, and you didn't know that 10 years ago either, did you? I did not. No. <laughs> so not. yeah. And so we're all in the process, guys, of just learning and adding to our business. And, and every, uh, every new podcast you listen to, every new person you meet, um, everybody you learn from, every investor you work with, opens a new door to learning something you didn't know. And that all comes together to help you build wealth. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, I'm always learning. Matt's always learning. You're always learning. And we're always getting better and better and better. The one thing we don't want to do is stop learning, stop growing, right? Mm-hmm. And that would, that would be the kiss of death to have your portfolio flatline or, or decrease because of mismanagement or whatever because you're mm-hmm. not growing and changing and, and making it better all the time. Right. So that's, that's huge. I would say in the last one, just to maybe expound on that last one a little bit, uh, when to sell. I'm, I always look at to increase or, or bolster or strengthen my own portfolio. Sure, when that I makes can sense. Multiply it or increase the ROI. Also, I guess the other thing to sell or why you wouldn't want to sell is what are you going to do with your money anyway once you do sell it? Right. Right? So I would say the last reason to sell is if just a better opportunity comes along. Sure. Something, but better. Right. 
money's got to keep moving. Be sure that yeah. it's still going to move you forward and it's going to preserve your wealth. Because taking, you know, experiencing a giant uptake, if you time the market right and you've got to pull a hundred thousand bucks, a half a million dollars out, and you're like, you're really excited because you feel like you just totally scored and you pull that out, what are you going to do with it? Right. Please do not put it in the bank. Yeah. Don't put Please it on your mattress. Please do not put it on your mattress. <laughs> Please do not bury it in the backyard. Yeah. Please do not put it in the stock market or mutual fund. Don't do that. Um, just the way that inflation works and the way that our dollar is moving. It will disappear. It will disappear. Yeah. You won't it, even know what happened to you it. You will still have your half a million dollars, but it won't buy you anything. Yeah. So you got to stay ahead of inflation at the very least. And there's the one of the great things that we and we don't talk about that much about real estate is it's a hedge against inflation. Right. The value of real estate and inflation rate are neck and neck. Yep. Over history, they just they they go back and forth, but they are neck and neck. And you know, if you can hedge against inflation and you get that nine percent cash on cash return, that's a true nine percent. Mm-hmm. And nine percent in your savings account is not a true nine percent. You've got that's a right. three and a half, four and a half percent inflation to, that takes a half of it away from you. Right. So keep that in mind. Look for a, for a better opportunity. If you can put that money to work for you better, easier, harder, stronger, faster, quicker, um, then go for that. That would be another reason to consider selling. And how do you learn that stuff and how do you know that stuff? By listening to podcasts like Hold This House. And that's you know, right. I mean, that's, that's exactly why you educate yourself. So you know what those opportunities are because there's always a better opportunity out there. The question is, do you know where it is or what it is or how to access it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's always something better that you can do with your money. Right. You're constantly looking at new markets. You're constantly looking at different types of properties. Why are you doing that? You've got something that's working really, really well already, Matt. So why are you doing that? Because you know there's something else better out there. Right. Right. There always is. And the only separation between us and that is the knowledge. Right. The, 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 knowing the, the door is there. The experience. The people that can open that door for us. That's Absolutely. what it's all about. And uh, that's what we want to be for you guys. So you know, we want to open doors just like people are opening doors for us. So keep giving us feedback. Uh, you know, you guys have had great feedback on the podcast. So keep giving us that feedback, and we're going to keep giving you the info. Love it. Show. You know, you just brought you just brought something up. You know, four weeks ago when I dr- flew out here to hang out with you for the, the next three months. Yeah. That uh, I was listening to one of the episodes because I was doing. We had someone doing post production on on the app, actual podcast. I yeah. was Like, let me check. Let me just do a little quality control check because I never really listen to these after we record them. And I found myself listening to three in a row on the plane. I was like. Oh my God! If I had this information when uh, we first started, and what's what was surprising is we probably did have that information. Someone probably did share that with us. Maybe, but because we didn't have the experience, we didn't recognize it for what it was. No, and I think we even said in one of those early podcasts, we didn't know what we didn't know. Right? Right. right. You don't. Yeah. You don't. No, and absolutely. I was like, wow, this is and it's free. <laughs> I know. I know. Absolutely. Again, being a professional podcaster, there's nothing really professional about it. So. You can take that to the bank. Well, no, actually you, can. <laughs> you cannot take that to the bank. <laughs> All righty. Well, well, we'll see you next week. That's it for today. Flipping houses can make you rich. Holding them will make you wealthy. We will be back. Until then, remember, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Contrary to popular belief, a lack of funding is not the biggest barrier to starting a business. It's excuses. But don't let a lack of funding be your excuse. 
We are Epic Fast Funding, and we'd like to fund your business with up to $150,000 in revolving credit lines. If you've got 60 seconds and a solid credit score, you could have access to your funds in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com to fill out our 60-second application. It's fast, it's simple, up to $150,000 in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com.